successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the sharing pens and from there they will go to the slaughter and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheeple in front of them. Your gold, pony boy. And welcome to Beard and Brain Podcast where the beard gets weird. Today, we are going to talk about movies in general. Um, Also, movies you cannot make today. Um, As always with me is my hetero life mate, Joel Hinton. Howdy. He is actually, I will say, our in-house movie buff. I do love my movies, don't get me wrong, but we're going to let Joel kind of take it away from here, and I'll be able to chime in with my my knowledge here. I don't really watch a whole lot anymore, but I still have a lot. Did uh, did you acquire any of John's old movies, or did... No, like, I've always wondered... Whatever that. happened to old John? Didn't John From have my a understanding, fun? Connie basically has everything. Like... They even have like some of like uh, Ryan and them's music equipment. Do you think his mom still has all that stuff, or do you think she got rid of it? I don't know. Like I've seen pictures of like some of the stuff in there. Like I think I was telling you a week or so ago about the bases. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure she has it all. Hmm. She's kind of wild though, man. Like if you see the stuff she posts on Facebook, like I don't understand sixty percent of it. I haven't been friends with her in a long time, but I do remember her being a very sweet woman. I do kind of miss oh, yeah, her, and uh, <clears throat> I do miss John, but John was like the king of movies. I learned a lot of stuff, and especially my brother, too, learned a lot of stuff about movies through John. Like, just wild oh, stuff yeah, you would have known, like, really cool stuff, too, like, stories behind them, and, like, where they came from, and, like, honestly, a lot of the movies he brought up, I had never heard of, so if he talked about a movie, it was the first time me hearing about it. Yeah. No, he's crafty as fuck. So anyways. Well. Let's start off with your first movie on your list. I would say my first movie that you cannot make today. I won't go with any of the obvious ones. I'll go with uh, Cannibal Holocaust. You literally can't make that movie because that movie pushed a lot of weird boundaries and... I think there was a lot of crazy stuff going on with animals in it. Not, I'm not a big fan, but I do remember watching it growing up. I don't remember. I don't think it was with you, but I do remember watching that crazy ass movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? The movie's amazing. Yeah. Did you watch the remake that came out a couple years ago from Eli Roth? No, no. I had been scarred enough watching the original. I didn't want anything else to do with it. Anything like it. <laughs> it's not called Cannibal Holocaust, but it's literally the same movie just set in our time period. Yeah, I remember now that you bring it up. I mean, it wasn't a horrible movie. It was just intense. And they had animals like doing some wild shit in it. Yeah, it's a good movie. I was so like... I remember being able to follow it and actually being a movie, but I think didn't a lot of the people like be terrified. <clears throat> and the creation of yeah, the movie. They banned it in the late seventies and then it did it wasn't able to come out or be distributed for a very long time. And Horsefucker was actually the one that uh introduced to it and me and him both got on a wait list. We had downloaded it together, and then we watched it and we were like so obsessed with it. <laughs> it was the early two thousand or two thousand so we both got obsessed with it and followed it for months and months and months. And then finally, somehow the rights came through where they could distribute it again, but they were only going to distribute like 12,000 copies. So we both were in one. 
my copy was the 11,111th copy, and I've never been able to forget that because it was just such an awesome number. Wow. And, yeah, long story short on that, this bitch I dated a decade ago stole that movie when I was locked up, and I don't forgive you for it if you're out there. <laughs> it's fucking, uh, it's just such a good movie. It's... You had a physical copy of it? Yeah, I had the very first distribution in 30 years. Right, so you had a numbered copy of it. Yeah, I had like the 11,000th copy of 20. And you got locked up and she stole it. Yeah, and then I got locked up and she stole all my shit. That sucks, man. Very unfortunate events. I guess you live and learn. That's like a, a really shoddy way to, I guess, try to be, I don't know. I don't even know if that's positive. That's yeah. I mean, it's a good. You can't though, get that back. Though. It's a that thing's gone. No, I'm sure somebody has it and doesn't even know what they have. But you know, for anybody who right, they probably pawned that bitch and some fucking junkie found it and was like, yeah. I hope it just made its way to somebody that knows what it is and has got it sitting on the shelf somewhere, or somebody's got it like. No, know. I'm sure. Like, there's no way anybody would buy that movie and not have an appreciation for it yeah because if you see that that's like not a title you go and be like huh we should watch this sunday night with the kids you know what i mean it's like probably something that you just you read and kind of instantly go over and forget that you even saw but anyways cannibal holocaust was my first yeah and and to that buckethead usually plays the intro, intro to that song in his sets Italian Colombian film. Canada yeah. film. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of movies yeah, about like cannibalistic yeah, tribes. Like, yeah, in the seventies they were really big. Yeah, that can't be the first. Well, I'm sure that was probably brought on from uh and again, this isn't the first time this happens, but like trying to go and reach indigenous tribes and bring them like the, the Bible and shit, you know, I'm sure like that was big in the seventies. And so they probably made some, some movies on it. Hell, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Really no big actors or anything in it. Robert Kerman. Yeah. The only like one, I think like, fuck, what's his name? Is John Saxon in that one, or isn't he? Or is he in Cannibal Ferox? It's not. He's not. In this, he's not mentioned in this one that I can see. You know, Robert Kerman, I think, was like the main dude. That's what I'm thinking of. It's a uh, Cannibal Ferox is the one John okay. Saxon's in. <clears throat> what do you got on your list of movies you can't make today, or you wouldn't be able to release today? In this PC climate, I guess what we're trying to do is just point out movies that aren't really politically correct this day and age. And kind of how ridiculous that they were then. But, I mean, when you, I guess it's obvious when you point out something like this that how did, how did some of these I have no. are pretty light, but I've seen some of them that are pretty wild. We're like, how the hell did they do that? All right. Have you ever seen or heard of Salo? What is it? Salo. No. I have not. All right, don't look it up. Oh, I'm going to read okay. this to you. This movie was made in 1975. And it's based off a book. And it's fucking crazy. But the movie is actually called Salo. Or The 120 Days of Sodom. So, have you heard of Pierre pa- Pierre Pasolini before? A lot of, like, sophisticated movie people will be like, I watch Pasolini films. No, no, well, I haven't heard of this anything is the like Pasolini. that. No, well, this is the Pasolini film of that decade. So, the basic... I take this guy's got, like, a big cult following. Yeah, he, he's just one of those, like, artsy fuck filmmakers in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But this one, the basic of it is in World War II Italy, four fascist libertines route up nine adolescent boys and girls and subject them to 120 days of physical, mental, and sexual torture. Now, let's dive into a little bit of this. There's scenes where they just, like, 
make the men rape the other men or the women, so on and so forth. They literally, like, their nipples are cut off, dicks are cut off, and there's even one point where they make them all shit in this bathtub for, like, a week or two, and then at the end of it, they make them all eat with spoons out of the fucking bathtub. Movie is absolutely insane. It seems like an extreme form of control or some weird shit. Somebody was, uh, somebody was not loved as a child. I found this movie. What, uh, what year did you say that came out? The movie itself? 1975. 75. Do you know when the book was made? So this was based on a book? Like, I'm sure. Yeah, the book was earlier. Um, but yeah, like, you know, Pasolini's one of those, like, famous hardcore like, art sh- kind of directors. So, yeah, so kind of like shock art at times. Yeah. Yeah. Raw. But this movie's just so raw. crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I can definitely see why you couldn't make that today. Yeah, I mean, it would be, I mean, you like we discussed before, you could, but it would be a straight-to-VOD movie. Yeah, and honestly, the world's fucked up enough. Like, you can probably go down in one of these cities in Louisville or, or uh, United States. Yeah. And see somebody eating a turd. <laughs> hey, man, I live in Daytona Beach. That happens. <laughs> Tons of turds being eaten. I mean, we have, like, one of, like, the highest homeless rates. And you just see the because the weather's nice down there. there. I mean, when you're Pretty homeless much. and you sleep outside, of course you're going to go where it's like tropical weather. I mean, I think that's how the stain you get. Like, otherwise, why else would you be in Florida homeless? Because you're, right. you're on the fucking beach, dude. It's paradise. <laughs> you're going to be homeless. That's the place to be. Yeah. Shit. Hurricane comes through. It's going to wipe out what? <laughs> you got <laughs> nothing, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So what you got next? I would say, oh hell, airplane. That's a good one. I don't think you can do. A lot of people think, oh no, airplane. You can do that now. That's just good comedy. When you actually go and watch and think of some of the uh, themes that they're they're just joking about, making the punchlines out of and shrugging off. Like, yeah, you can start to see, well, socially it's not really acceptable anymore, but nonetheless, that movie is fucking a cult classic, and it is probably one of the top five funniest movies of all time. No, I 100% agree. And you know what I've noticed that um, on my little light research on the movies you can't make today, the majority of them have been comedies. Oh, yeah. You basically... Which is why I tried to lead with some putrid shit and then go into something a little less, but go ahead. One second. Yeah, sorry. Airplane itself, though, it goes. it's got some pretty wild themes. It's got, I think it's got it all. I think it hits it all. Sexism, racism. <laughs> it's got a little bit of everything in there. Funniest movie, though. Yeah, that movie is absolutely amazing. And I would actually put basically any comedy movie made in the 1980s could not be made today, probably. No, I agree with you. And honestly, just for full disclosure, just because I think that this movie is funny does not mean that I am sexist or racist myself. Um, Sometimes I laugh at things and don't know why I'm laughing and think that's horrible to even laugh at. But, you know, they set it up for you to laugh and... Sometimes I, I laugh. It's I can't help that. <laughs> but that does not mean that I agree with any of those viewpoints. This is part of the reason why we are talking about it. No, fuck that. I don't care. If someone believes, can try and make that judgment of me for laughing at any of those movies, then I believe they're the racist in that, inst- in that instance because, Jesus, fuck, if it's funny, it's funny. Yep. <clears throat> I agree. I like that. That if you think that 
if you're gonna call somebody racist because of what they laugh at, then you may be a little bit yourself. That is possible, I think. If that was the case, every single comedian would be a racist or trans. Right, or right. And that's what I'm. That's why I think so. So you got to tread that line. There's a gray area. But anyways, airplanes funny as shit. Cannibal Holocaust is not. What do you got? Yeah, I'm not second? gonna say that those people aren't like out of line. Like there was some shit in movies back then that were pretty out of oh, line. Yeah. But oh still yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I've got one on my list here that I didn't really know much about. That's just completely out of line. <laughs> you know, it's sure. not funny. But anyway, what was that movie that was made in the eighties about the fucking um guy from The Outsiders? Think it was Pony Boy, and I think wasn't he like trying to like date girls and someone convinced him that girls like black guys so he painted himself black that sounds right and tried to like date rape a chick i'm pretty sure that was a movie in the 80s dude you can take it back further of course and like (laughs) the what is it 1927 the jazz singer was like the first non-silent movie and it's got some jackass yeah, up blackface. there and blackface. Yeah. It's yeah, Al Jolston. Wild. But I mean that's the times for sure then, you know, showing itself. <laughs> but Yeah, I remember um Birth of a Nation was created just a few years before that. Actually like a decade right. before that. Right. That's a big one too. What's your number two? I think I might know. Give me one second. I'm looking up that movie. I don't remember it. Yeah, me either. Anyhow, so second movie. Since we're on 80s flicks, we're going to go with Porky's. Porky's could not be made today <laughs> whatsoever. Which the one? The entire... Or, okay. Porky's. The first one. The entire first, like, 20 minutes of the movies, they say some form of the n-word probably 50 times and there's an there's an anti-semitic portion of it and then the jew guy ends up kicking the redneck guy's ass they're paying for prostitutes the entire movie is just absolutely oh a dad gets out of prison and beats his underage son up the entire movie is completely illegal or canceled now That's wild. And it did so well in the 80s that they made three more of those bastards. <laughs> I haven't seen the other three, but I can only imagine. I don't. I can't tell you if I've actually sat down and watched all three of those movies at all. I know I've probably seen the first one. Dude, I hadn't seen the Porkies, the first one, in probably 15 years. And I just popped it on the other night, and I was like, wow, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) This is like an animal house almost, right? Which is another one you can't make. Yeah, bitch, worse than animal house. It's fairly suggestive in its plot tones and themes with the party scene, but I don't know. I'll go with the obvious as my third choice here. Uh, Blazing Saddles. You cannot make that movie today. No, definitely not. Even though the sheriff is black. Well, I mean, you gotta think, though. I mean, Mel Brooks had to hire all of those actors to do it. So, I mean, I I guess everybody was in on it, but still, you're a punchline. They toss around a word that's not accepted anymore. It's, It's definitely a movie that you can't make today. The movie's wild. Right. But then again, I mean... When's the last time you've seen that movie? Oh, man, it's been a while. You know it's on Netflix and shit. It's all over the place still. Like, that's what I've been saying forever. I'm like, I'm surprised that nobody's made a big deal out of that movie. But Mel Brooks is kind of wildly accepted through Hollywood, so... They literally canceled Gone with the Wind, and then Blazing Saddles is just sitting there like, well, we're Gone with the Wind, dude. That's a... That ought to hit the list of movies you can't make either because even though she did win an Oscar for that role, she was playing a stereotypical role that is super racist. But 
I mean, it's a movie, so I'm sure that she knew she was signing up for that. She won a big role for it. But again, it's still not acceptable as far as, right. I guess, in the times today is politically correct. But that, that movie was, what, fuck, two, three hours long? It was an intense movie yeah. for the day, dude. Tons and tons of people like love watching that movie. Right. I'm sure our grandparents did, but... Fucking Dirty Harry. Like Bro, dude. <laughs> you remember when... Let's see, Ronald Reagan was an actor, right? I forget what movie it was, but he's sitting down, bro. And this woman says something and he goes, well, I'll fix that. And stands up and straight up smacks her in this movie, dude. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, bro. So I'm over here like thinking, <laughs> I did not know that. What the yeah. hell? You know, it's funny you mention it. I was thinking about that the other day with Trump, right? Like, Trump is a reality TV star to a degree. And, you know, he, he did the whole grab him by the pussy thing. So it's just funny. It's like, am I learning that some of the best presidents come from Hollywood? Or is it just America is so... Dude, I think it just proves the Matrix. Like, we just love the media so much that we, you know, it. we do best with, like, celebrities to a degree. I'll agree with you on the point that I think Reagan and Hollywood and also Trump was a reflection of America <laughs> at, at the time. <laughs> but I don't think yeah. that it's, like, I don't think that the two presidents that Hollywood can say that they produced at all or like the greatest or like a like a track record or like anything because i mean that i think that could go the opposite very quickly i think trump is you know trump because of a businessman aspect and who knows what the fuck with reagan being groomed right what do you think of the dirty I mean, movies with clint back right. in the day Right. Any of the Clint Eastwood movies would be canceled. You think so? <clears throat> I think so. I mean, he's still kind of an asshole. I mean, you saw what he did with that uh, Grand Torino movie. That movie was pretty racist. Yeah, it was. But <coughs> I think it was supposed to be a cultural blending movie and like a moving on with the times kind of thing. I got that feel from it, didn't you? When he kind of took in the kid, yeah. you know, the boy with the car and all that. I kind of felt like yeah. that being like a, a turning of the tide kind of thing, especially with him. I don't know. No, I, I, I felt so. for some reason, I remember that that film and not a negative light. Like, I definitely know what you mean by the racial um, themes in that movie, because it's I mean, they flat out use racial words, so. I don't know. I don't remember it being like ending like horrible. It was pretty dramatic and stuff. No, it wasn't horrible. The whole I mean, overall either. plot being kind of a positive and a, no, a you're absolutely blending. right. You're definitely right with that. So let's see. I've gone through Cannibal Holocaust. I've gone through Blazing Saddles, Dirty Harry. Have we talked about airplane? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. This one was a question mark for me. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. I know they're still pushing the envelope, but that movie itself. What do you think? The movie is so amazing. That movie is funny. I don't it's not think really racist, it, is it? No, but I don't, I don't think, think it so. get a theatrical. I don't think it get a theatrical release like it did though back in the day. Yeah, with like the Terrence and Philip and like the kids being able to go and see the movie they shouldn't have been. Dude, like my Kenny dad, Kenny, and all that stuff. That they don't kill Kenny anymore, do they? Like they used to. I don't know. I haven't so, watched you know, it. Either. I haven't either. I remember. I don't know. I'll put I that on there as like a question mark. <laughs> and my dad took me to see that movie when I was in fourth grade, and it was so amazing. But um. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it opens up with, like, shut your fucking face, oh, fucker. It's just... <laughs> yes. It's yeah, just so ridiculous. But, um, did you know in, um, the UK, if you're under 18, you simply just can't see those type of movies or rated R, or in most of Europe? Really? You think it'd like, be the opposite. Yeah, they like, don't do taboo stuff. And then, so say, like... Say you wanted to take your daughter to see a radar movie, you would not be able to. Like as her parent until she's eighteen. Yeah, it's a law in most countries over there. Like you just simply cannot take anyone that's under eighteen into those movies. See, our ratings here in the United States, they're not even real laws. They're basically like suggested ratings. So theoretically, if you're a 12-year-old kid and you go and see a radar movie and the manager's like, hey, you're not 18, you can't see this, they can say, well, screw you, I'm staying here. And they can get a cop in anything. And as long as that kid's parent says it's okay, there's absolutely nothing can be done because it's essentially just a suggested rule and not an actual law. There's no right. fine or anything behind it. Parental consent is everything. Yeah. And really, that's not even technically necessary. Um, but if you go to like other places like Europe and stuff, it's just, you cannot, if you're under the suggested age rating, you simply cannot go see that movie in theaters. Similarly, like in Germany, like if they play, if you buy like Call of Duty there, none of the blood is red, all the blood is blue. Like they, yeah, really, I've heard really, that. Really yeah, I've heard that. Restrict violence and obscenities over in Europe. Well, moving on, what do you think about Mrs. Doubtfire? It's borderline. I actually found a blog article that tests if you should celebrate movies or cancel movies. But Um, that's retarded. You can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> they did. <laughs> art for the sake uh, of art. But basically, I know, but still, it's fucking wild. It's on MGM's logo basically. around the lion. That's what it says around the lion. Oh, really? That's wild. Yeah, look at it next time. The MGM yeah. logo. Why do you think you couldn't say that? <clears throat> Why do you think you couldn't watch that movie now here? Mrs. Doubtfire? Mm. Oh, definitely him dressing up as a... He's cross-dressing. He's full-blown woman in this. And he's peeing. And one of the kids, like the... Uh, he's I guess he's probably like 13 or 14. Sees Mrs. Doubtfire peeing standing up. Runs in and tells his older sister, Oh my gosh, he, she, she, he, she. And gets his words mixed up. But that right there alone could be, you know, something that would set somebody off or I think trigger somebody, which is crazy to me, but I'm not, you know, that person. So I don't know. But that movie does kick ass. Robin Williams definitely, you know, drives the point home that, you know, he is a father that wants to see his kids and is divorced and. There's a lot of interesting plot points around the, uh, you know, behind the scenes on that movie. Alternate endings. They paid somebody to write the alternate ending of the movie, and they watched like they went with it, and then alternately went back to the old one. A lot of cool oh, wow. stuff with that one, yeah. Huh. Yeah, according to this blog article, it is only twelve point five percent transphobic and sexist. Another movie I don't think they can make today is uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Hmm? Like the first one with Gene Wilder? Yeah. Everybody's looking at me or thinking, like, what the hell is he talking about? But sit down when you have time and watch. Yeah, sit down when you have time and watch, like, a documentary about the movie and the making of it and all the crazy shit that went on. And, like, how painstakingly long it took and, like, uncomfortable it was for everybody there. It's just wild, dude. It's like shit show after shit show. 
Like, Gene Wilder was just crazy as hell. You know, Elon Musk bought his house that's, like, all, like, got, like, crazy trap doors and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's wild. The I was definitely at, at doing all this research tonight for the sh- sake of the show. That was the one thing that I'm going to go back to after this, minus The Matrix, which I'm just a sucker for The Matrix movies. I'll make a quick note. I've been watching those movies since it came out in 1999 and i'm still learning shit but <laughs> dude the uh back to what we were talking about man that that blew my mind that willy wonka was that crazy because i watched the movie growing up as a young kid all the time and the certain scenes that they talked about i felt the emotions that they were talking about and it was almost like you know they hit a lot of the plot points from the actors so that way when they got to that plot point and recording it it was actually a natural reaction or emotion to it, whatever they needed in right. that scene. So a lot of the surprise was real surprise. A lot of the scare and angst was real, you know, and like the, the tunnel scene, apparently that wasn't the real, like the most yeah, aggressive that's, that's version of it. Intense. There was like a scarier version that he did. Oh man, I'd like to see that. Yeah. That whole movie kind of fucked me up as a kid, but it is an emotional roller coaster. So it's not like a bad experience. It's just all over the place. And apparently the making of the movie was that to an extreme. I just like that he keeps on like purposely trying to like harm the kids. It was a borderline child abuse kind of shit too going on. There's a lot of movies, older movies like that. But Willy Wonka is still a good movie. And I just yeah. don't think that they can make. Actually, I think the writer of it said or the somebody that wrote the book or something said that there will never be another sequel for it. You know, as long as he lives. And I think it was 15 years after he died that they allowed the uh, Johnny Depp, you know, creation to come out, the Tim Burton version. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that was a lot lighter. You know, that was Tim Burton's idea of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which was the original name for it. But they got some kind of contract, like some $3 million contract they sold to one of the uh, candy companies to make a Wonka bar. Like, Ronald Dahl's books were all, like, you know, borderline dark. But, um, the thing that, like, I still do to this day, probably four times a week, you know that scene where the he, like, shrinks the kid, the TV kid? Yeah. And then he puts him in the purse, and just, like, while he's guiding her out the exit, he's just, like, making it pendulum. Higher and higher to fuck with the little kid in the purse. Oh, yeah. I do that all the time in my lunchbox. Anytime I'm carrying a bag or something, I do that and sing that song. That's hilarious. Part of uh, Gene Wilder agreeing to do that movie was the opening scene where you see him walk out on the carpet. You know what I'm talking about? He's like walking out on the carpet towards the gate where everybody's standing out there on the street. And he's like got a limp and shit mm-hmm. with his cane. And when he gets up there closer to him, he trips and falls and rolls and tumbles and jumps up and he's up on his feet, you know, walking around normal. Yeah. And they said that, that he wanted to do that because he thought that it portrayed and gave the feel to his character, you know, completely and uh, perfectly in that it gave the unpredictability and the, you know, the goofy and the funniness, but also like the mysterious, like, you know, kind of evilness almost. <clears throat> yeah. Everybody's reaction to the inside of uh Willy Wonka's Charlie or little chocolate factory or whatever. Nobody had seen the inside of it, so that's all their natural reaction when they walked in for the first time. There's a lot of that going on in that movie. Right. Shit, the movie itself and the plot behind it's fucking wild. Everything about that movie is wild. It's like a low-key, like, Alice in Wonderland-type fuck-you-up movie. Yeah, most definitely. Well. So, we should also just mention that no zero trauma movies could probably be made and aired. Yeah, definitely not. It's all like the Toxic Avengers and pretty much every single trauma movie that ever was made 
was just absolutely grotesque in his B-movies you could be. You got any weird, like, Easter eggs in movies that you know about? Not really. Like I said, I don't follow a lot of movies anymore. You've seen uh, Toy Story, right? Like the original? Yeah. Yeah, I stopped. I didn't believe that you made any more, so I stopped after the second. Yeah, the the carpet in Sid's room is the same carpet from The Shining. Mm. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Did you ever watch that uh, Room 212 or 217 or whatever it was? Yeah, I got another one for you on that. Um, the Shawshank Redemption, his cell number. Oh yeah, is the same as it's yeah, it's two three seven. It's the same as the door number. Uh, yep, that's wild. Well, do you know that Psycho was the first uh, American film to show a toilet flushing? <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Dude, that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Big cult yeah, movie. Shit, a, a movie with the big cult classic following up. <clears throat> the Big Lebowski. They say dude in that movie 161 times. Would you imagine saying really. dude 161 times? The movie's so great. Oh, it's a good movie. It's... Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> oh, dude, right? That whole scene. We're fucking Walter. Go, they're trying to like get the briefcase back or something. They go to that kid's house with his like parent and an iron lung, and they ask for the kid to come out. And John Goodman just starts like destroying the dude's a car or something like that, and just starts saying, "You see how it feels, Johnny? You see how it feels to get fucked in the ass? <laughs> you see how it feels to walk in the Alps? Just saying random <laughs> shit." That's hilarious. There's a bunch of cool facts about... um. Well, one in particular on the Batman series with Heath Ledger that I liked. Uh, Alfred, I forget the character's... Uh, the actor's name that plays Alfred. But the scene where Heath Ledger busts into, um, I think, Bruce Wayne's home with the shotgun and shit, Alfred's there behind the door supposed to say something he's supposed to have lines but he forgets them when he sees heath ledger for the first time as joker and he's like fucking oh, wow. terrified of him yeah so he forgets his lines and then like he just kind of comes in and just improv takes it over yeah he, he did really good for that role fuck yeah i liked him in 10 things i hate about you though <laughs> i'm a little bitch yeah, i'm sorry dude. Hey, I won't lie. That movie's pretty dope. It is Fuck fucking yes, adorable. Dude. I fucking love that movie. What are uh, some the of your favorite uh, cult classics? Oh, man. Um, there's, there's some pretty obvious ones out there, but I didn't know if you had some that maybe I haven't really seen. Dude, I watched one here recently the other day, and I, I think it's semi-considered cult classic. But have you seen the movie called The Fountain? No. You haven't? It's a Darren Aronofsky no, movie. Are you familiar with Darren Aronofsky? Yeah, I mean, like, I've seen a lot of Aronofsky's movies, like, you know, Pi and... Oh, shit. He actually just came out with, like, a series last year on Netflix that was all about Planet Earth that was really, really badass. Well, The Fountain's a pretty damn good movie. I think it's got three different plot lines. All at the same huh. time. Watch it. Yeah, I mean, as far as like cold movies go, I don't really know. Honestly, I've kind of like the basic ones, I guess, like the old zombie movies, it's, um, or Pulp Fiction, Taxi Avenger, stuff like that. I mean, I guess I'll just go off with newer kind of cold movies. So, Deathgasm. Deathgasm is pretty good. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. I'm writing it down. So, Deathgasm is like a Scandinavian... I say I haven't, but I might have. 
So Deathgasm is like a Scandinavian type horror movie. And it's about these metal kids that find like this sacred uh, guitar riff or metal riff from the hell. Mm-hmm. And it unleashes demons. And it's just, it's insane. Um, it sounds yeah, interesting. So it's basically, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. There's a scene they kill a dude with a dildo. Um, oh, nice. As far so as Lebowski is clearly a cult classic. We already talked about that one. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob movie. Technically. What is it? Ichi the Killer. No, no, but I remember you talking about that a couple of pods ago. I remember yeah, that's probably the best on that shit, and I had to look it up to find out what the hell. Yeah, you were that movie about. and um, audition are probably the best like cult horror movies that you could find. Yeah, we were talking about that one on the uh, one of the two parts of the uh, saw one and the uh, Halloween specials. Fight Club's got a pretty good cult classic following. That movie is never ceases to impress. If you watch it, I feel like that one's like The Matrix. You learn so much shit. So many different interpretations of it. Dude, Chuck Palahniuk is an absolute genius. He was recently on uh, Joe Rogan. I know we're jumping around here, I know. The, um... <clears throat> that movie's really good. Is um The Wall considered one? The Pink Floyd movie? The Wall? Yeah, would you consider that a cult classic? It almost I mean I guess hits, it, it almost it hits the requirements. It's just it's got like one extra. It's a fucking like musical thing. You know? Yeah, I mean it I don't, does. That doesn't disqualify it, does it? No, I mean, it's definitely a cult film. Hmm. I honestly really liked it much, but it definitely falls in that. It's like Tommy. Tommy is technically. I liked it because, yeah, nah, I agree with you. But it's a comedy, too, so I see see what you're saying. The Wall was good, but I liked the music. So, I mean, that was my thing. I mean, I don't think it portrayed the music in a story like fashion as good as it could have. But it was their shit, so they did it. It's their thing. It wasn't like an across the universe where they told a damn story with like the Beatles music. That movie was so bad. Bad as in like awful or like bad as in decent? I didn't. It was some like chick's like rendition it, it of the had... Beatles songs. It wasn't the Beatles. Clearly their rendition. Right. It was it like was... somebody. It was a collective project, I it think. It was entertaining in a good date movie. But it just wasn't like, to me, which I'm kind of biased towards the Beatles. I don't really care for them either. They have good stuff. But that was like the mainstream Beatles through and through. I agree. Everything they put on. Yeah, I'm still on the the side that Beach Boys were better than the Beatles. And they would have been proven that if Brian Wilson hadn't gone insane. What about... A Clockwork Orange. Yeah, definitely. Who's the... I'm fucking drawing a blank. Who who directed that? Why am I Kubrick. Dirt? Duh. I'm an idiot. I think I've only got one Kubrick movie. No, Shining. Obviously. Oh We've kind of hit on that slightly with Room 237. Monty Python. Like his better. Hold on, before we go into Monty Python. Yeah, that's why I stopped. That's exactly why I stopped. You you were on to something. So it's Kubrick. Mm hmm. You have to watch his earlier stuff. That's the best. So he made this movie called Paths to Glory about um, this like trial back in World War I with Kirk Douglas. It's an absolute masterpiece. Mm hmm. And then. Um, Doctor Strange Love, of course, stuff like that. Yeah, but I've now got that one written over here. Casablanca or Doctor Strange Love. So what's your favorite Monty Python? Of... Holy Grail. Really? It's so funny. It was really good. But that's not, that... I don't think that's their best, but I think that that was the one that I grew up watching. 
Life of Brian was always Dude. my favorite. Since you said Doctor Strangelove, I just want to back up real quick. Doctor Strangelove should also make it to our list of movies that you probably can't make today. Just because it was not really like racist in a way, but it was kind of countryist. Wasn't it like anti? No, it definitely is. Let's see here. I mean, Moving forward on the cult. Like, that movie would definitely like be right under of a uh, Trump territory. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. <clears throat> Back for weather. Yeah, we've already hit on uh, Fight Club, but we were on Monty Python. They that camp's got a lot of good stuff, man. I didn't want to just single out Holy Grail, but that one was definitely the one yeah. that I enjoyed. Blues Brothers is a hell of a cult movie. It's got a big cult following. Yeah, you always see people dressing up for that shit for Halloween. Hmm. Have you seen The Warriors? Yeah, man. The Warriors is good. I think that's a cult classic. Dazed and Confused. <coughs> There's a ton of them, man. There really is. I think the top two on any of the lists that I've ever seen is Rocky Horror Picture Show and Spinal Tab. Spinal Tap. I know, right? Have you ever seen um? This is Spinal Tap. Decline of Western Civilization. Mm-mm. Thing is made from the same chick. She also made like Wayne's World, but it's like her first movie, and it's about the punk scene in the late seventies. It's pretty cool. But um, I have to check that out. Is probably the most like well known of the cult movies. It's funny how art's kind of transformed. I definitely get into the more deeper movies. I like something with some more meaning, but I don't know. It really depends on my mood. But I do like um, some good deep meaning and story. Uh, give me a multiple storyline to follow. Something like a mm. memento or. Any of those David Lynch movies that you have to really pay attention to? Yeah. I don't want to turn the movie on and like know what's going to happen in like the first five minutes. I just lose interest in like shit. Nah, it feels. What do you have any I more you want to watch? No, I think I'm good to go, man. I think I was just going to kind of close it out. Um, Oh, dude, I do want to make a, a couple notable mentions real fast. Um, do you remember the movie Heavyweights, bro, with Ben Stiller? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably one that you can't make today either, bro. Yeah, <laughs> the child right. abuse shit in that movie, bro. They're like starving those kids and being... Yeah, the fat camp. Dude, that movie's awesome. You got to go back and watch that movie again. Remember, he's like, yeah. he's like, whose stuff is this? It's like, he said, it's Seymour. It's Seymour stuff. Who's who's Seymour? Seymour Butts. Who's Seymour Butts? Nobody's Seymour Butts than you, Uncle Tony. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so dumb. Yeah. And maybe even Home Alone. You might not be able to do Home Alone nowadays. I don't know. Home Alone and Gremlins. Cause, and I, I say that mainly because I think in the time that's when those were rated PG before PG-13 was a thing. Because there was a time PG-13 wasn't a rating. And again, like you said, these are just suggestions. But it did split up the suggestions into more categories to where you kind of had a a feel of what you were going to see. But that also, having the lack of having the PG-13 put a lot of violent movies in a PG category. Right. Gremlins and, I mean, you're stuffing things in microwaves and blenders and shit, and it's a PG movie. And PG-13 isn't like... The only real difference between PG and PG-13 is in PG-13, you can say fuck twice. Like, that's <laughs> like the... How many times can you say it in PG? Just once? You know, you can't say it, but you can say bitch in PG. Hmm. But you can't say well, fuck. technically, bitch is another word. Right. It derives from the actual word. It's just used in a derogatory form, so... You know, I don't know. 
You know, that's but, a good way to end it. It's all in how you use things, you know? Art for the yeah. sake of art, but how are you using that? Is it used in a positive manner or is it used in a negative manner? And I think that's a good thing to kind of end it on. Do things that are an ex- self-expression and a way to express yourself, but in, in a positive way. You don't want to leave somebody feeling negative, I wouldn't think. I don't know. And question if you really find that term to be negative or is someone else telling you that term is negative? What is it? Like, if you think that saying something is is in the negative context, like you said, that, you know, it's all in how someone says it, not the actual word itself. And a lot of times... Well, I think that, that goes multiple ways. It could be It could be tone and stuff, but... What I was getting at is like the overall content of your expression. Like, are right. you expressing it to like, you know, is it in a hateful manner to get back and even, or is it like a mature expression of similar angst? Are you are you channeling that pain and that anger into some actual free forming thoughts that that really do move people and and thought, or is it just like a a subconscious spew of negative hatred. And I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. I think that's where I'm pulling it from. No, I got you. I so, you. You can't, there's no way you could say that better. No. And I got to elaborate myself, dude. I know I'm just kind of giving you basic, you know, statements and, and thinking that you're in my head, you know, riding backseat <laughs> or, or passenger. So thank you for pulling me out and having, having me clarify that for you and everybody else listening. So, I think it's a good way to close it out, you know, make your art, but make it, make it a way for people to digest it and walk away with a piece of you positively instead of thinking, wow, that was awful. Or, or, Ooh, what did I just get? Right. Any, uh, any closing thoughts there, Joel? No, man. I think that's a good place to leave it. Awesome. Thank you everybody for, uh, tuning in, in this kind of impromptu, uh, episode with us uh talking about our favorite movies movies you cannot make today and uh cult classics um but again thank you everybody for joining us on beard and brain podcast we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order a world where the rule of law not the law of the jungle governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision.